I mean, life is messy and it's gloriously messy. And so we get to live that every single day. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I am Jill Farmer, one of the lead coaches at DocWorking.com, joined by my esteemed co-lead coach, Gabriella Dennery. And Gabriella, today, we are going to talk about three things that you, you wish you knew as a practicing physician when it comes to taking care of yourself and self-care. So what do you wish you would have known then that you Ooh. do know now? Inquiring minds want to know. All right. Well, you know, um, I would say number one, what other people think of you is none of your business. I wish, <laughs> Lord, I wish I'd known that in my earlier days. Uh, why? It comes from one of my mentors, actually, uh, a wonderful pediatrician that I worked with when I was an attending physician in Harlem. And um, she made it, um, she was burnt out, took a, a year and a half off and came back and she was like an angel floating on a cloud. I said, what happened to you? I want more of that. What, what's your secret? And she said, so we shared about her, her healing journey and her journey through burnout. And she was very open about her experience. And, and one aspect of it really struck me because she was very, very open about the fact that she was uh, working with a therapist. And I thought that was kind of odd because it's not something doctors talk about, but it, it, there was such a stigma associated with seeking mental health support that you just didn't do it. Because as a physician, you're seen and you're seeing yourself and other people see you as, as uh, almost perfect, that you're, there's nothing wrong with you. It's wrong with everybody else, but there's nothing wrong with you. How could there be? And how does that impact a career if somebody finds out, et cetera, et cetera. And for her to just talk about it so openly and really not caring about what other people thought or think, I said, wow, now that's a lesson I learned. And um, that, so I take that as number one thing uh, in terms of my self-care that I wish I knew back then that I know now. It's like, you know what? It doesn't matter what other people think because this is my life. And mm -hmm. uh, I get to live it the way I wanna live it. And if I need support, then I need support. And then that's just the bottom line. And it makes me a healthier person. Why not? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I, some, somebody else who I was a mentor to me and I learned a lot from, um, and I use this with my physician clients as well, is uh, it's, it's when, we, when we're caring so much about what other people may think, we accidentally a lot of times put people on our own personal board of directors who really mm -hmm. should have no agency in our lives um, because they're not people that we respect. They're not people we trust. They're not people that, that really um, uphold our values, but somehow because they are critical or they have this you know, way of, of, of having disdain for things that matter to us, we give them the position as the board of directors on our life and, and we let them make decisions for us that they really have, shouldn't be making. So I love that. Number one thing, if we can all integrate that, that, mm -hmm. that what other people think of us is not our business. Oh, that's really powerful. <laughs> um, yeah. And then so what's number two on your list? I like this one. I am responsible for my happiness. So I'm going to put it in terms of 
Simple, isn't it? You are oh, responsible it's so much easier when I can blame everybody else. <laughs> isn't it though? The administrator, the administration, what's wrong with them? They have a mission and vision. They're not even following that. What is wrong? Why is this workload so crazy? And what about this medical record? It doesn't work with my flow. They just want me to dump more data in it. I don't have time for this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's always somebody else's fault. Why is this drug rep knocking on my door? Oh my goodness, please stop knocking. Right. Uh, you know, the pharmacist is calling. The, the script I wrote was wrong. <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Like, oh my goodness, it is everybody else's fault, isn't it? And yeah, it, it's simple to, to kind of have that logic uh, because it's like you spend eight, 10 hours plus a day in a specific environment. And if you're not supported in that environment, yeah, it's easy to just say it's there. If you made my life easier, I would be happy. But in the end, my big discovery, and that was I, I learned from one of my first coaching clients, actually, mm. who... Um, was, was talking uh, about how she wanted to mend her relationship with her adult children. And which is a beautiful vision and a beautiful intention. And, but her response was, but they should know that about me. They should already know what I want and what I think. They should know. It's like, what, what? It's like but wait a minute. What if they can't guess? What if they don't have a crystal ball? They can't read your mind. What if you actually have to tell them <laughs> what it is that you want for yourself and you want in their communication? So this is kind of an indirect way that I learned about setting clear boundaries. I am responsible for my happiness, which means I have to teach people how to treat me. Mm -hmm. And I have to make choices that are in, in line with that vision for, you know, I, I deserve to be happy. I'm worthy of my happiness. I, it's, it's not just here to do a job, to see one, to be on an assembly line and see one after the other. But it really is, I can direct that. It's not the administrator's job to make me happy, it's mine. So I get to set boundaries, which we're going to delve more and more deep and good, nice deep dive into how to set clear and intentional boundaries for your well-being and self-care so that you can tell people exactly what you want and what you need and how you want to be treated in life. And so, the work that I did with this client was to, you know what, you have to articulate what it is that you want. You have to actually say it because a boundary can only be uh, effective it is if it's shared. So of course, there are ways of sharing boundaries that are, they don't have to be abrupt. It can be very polite. It could be very respectful, but they have to be clear because boundaries are key to establishing your happiness and making that matter to you and making yeah. you the driver of that car. Not somebody That's else. really important. I, mm -hmm. This reminded me of something that came up with one of my physician clients just uh, uh, very recently. We were talking about email and email being very overwhelming and all these thousands of emails. And and for the, the physician was going on and on and on about people who send unnecessary emails and copy. And, and so I said, so basically you want to solve this problem by controlling all of the email senders brains <laughs> to keep them from sending you emails you don't want them to send and and of course the physician he laughed he was like okay that doesn't sound like a good strategy i said no let's come up with a different email management strategy that you have control over that you, so you can take control over when you read your emails how quickly you delete 
them and spend a lot less of your time, energy, and focus wishing that other people would behave differently in their email sending patterns. And um, it was a, it was kind of a, a watershed moment, just coming back to exactly what you just said, that second point of taking care of yourself is like, what can I be responsible for as opposed to um, reacting to and blaming? So that leads us to number three. What's Mm -hmm. that third thing that you wish you would have known as a practicing physician that would have um, given you more peace, freedom, joy, and happiness? (laughs) You are entitled to change your mind. Oh, beautiful. Oh, this is one of my favorites. Because I learned that from uh, actually a singer I admired. She was on a panel discussion and they were talking about, I don't know if you know the group Sweet Honey in the Rock. And it was uh, Dr. Isai Barnwell, one of the members of the group who said that point blank, you are entitled to change your mind. And I thought she was talking directly to me because the guilt I felt over not getting to this part of the list or the guilt I felt about leaving medicine and that guilt I felt for years, the guilt I felt about, uh, you know, once a doctor, always a doctor. Why, why, what's wrong with me? I should be perfectly happy where I am and what I'm doing. Uh, you know, oh my goodness. I am entitled to change my mind. You are entitled to change my mind. And why? Because of what we learned in psychiatry and psychology classes, Ericksonian age stages. <laughs> because what I aspired to and what you aspire to at the age of 20 is not the same thing at the age of 30 or at the age of 40 or 50 and beyond. It's like, it changes, life changes, events happen, uh, uh, experience happens, uh, viewpoints change. And so it's like, you know, release yourself of any qualm you have about any question you may have now about what things are as opposed to what you thought they should be back then. And so it's like, no, I'm not a 20 year old kid anymore. Yes, I am entitled to change my mind. I have a different experience of world at this point. And so physicians, you have a different experience of the world as you move through. And I suspect the pandemic has accelerated that process in in tremendous ways. And it's like, you don't feel guilty about it. You are entitled to change your mind to see life in a different way, to have a different relationship with it as you go forward. Now, does it mean you have to quit your job or quit medicine? No, 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 no. It just means that now you're, you're, you're getting a little older, a little wiser, and uh, you know what you thought it was gonna be may be a little different as you move forward, and that's okay. Yeah, and I love that. To have a different aspect, opinion, and thought about it. That's right. We're going to take a moment to celebrate neuroplasticity. (laughs) Thank goodness we all have brains that have the ability to form some new neural pathways to learn new things. And um, as much as we all wail and gnash our teeth against disruption, those plot Mm -hmm. twists, right? You and I have taught classes on uh, a class on resiliency, a webinar on resiliency before the ability to handle those plot twists um, is what makes life interesting. It sometimes makes life hard, challenging, frustrating. We wish we could be in complete control where we could guarantee the outcomes and success and have no uncertainty, but trusting. So we have the ability to change our minds and that's a good thing. And to trust that we have the capacity that that our minds have the capacity to adjust, uh, I think is also really cool to think about. And to trust that things will work out. They will, you know, they they always do. Once you you make that mindset shift, once you shift that mindset and say, you know what, I am responsible for my happiness. Uh, What other people think (laughs) is not my business. What I think of me is my business and bottom line. And yes, 
I can change my mind, my thought, my idea, my opinion about a certain situation. I'm entitled to do that. I'm a human being. I mean, life is messy and it's gloriously messy. And so we get to live that every single day and to exercise that agency, as you said, that, 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 that power to, to make decisions on our own behalf. And you did a beautiful job of summarizing those. And it reminds me of that line from um, the, the best Marigold Hotel where he says, everything mm. will be okay in the end. And um, if it isn't okay, it isn't the end. And so that's that <laughs> <laughs> willingness um, to, 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 to change your minds and to take and to, to take that control of the happiness, I think is really excellent. Thanks, Gabriella. This was Thank wonderful, you. really inspiring conversation. Thank you, Jill. Thank you so much. And thank you, everybody. We'll catch you on the other side. Hello, and thank you for listening. This is Amanda Taran. I'm the producer of the Doc Working Podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, please like and subscribe. We would also love it if you checked out our website, which is docworking.com. And you can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Our Instagram is docworking1, and that is with the number one. When you check us out on social, please let us know what you would like to hear on the podcast. Your feedback really means a lot to us. And if you're a physician with a story to tell, please reach out to Jen at jen at docworking.com. Thank you again, and we'll see you next time.